As an unlicensed doctor, we suggest a prescription for one of our shows. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Fake Doctor's Orders. Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. Time for a little hockey talkie. This is Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. The Jackets get it back into the Leaf end, and it's blocked there by Anderson and quickly brought the other way. Matthews to center, in on the right side, Hyman. Hyman trying to get it back! They score! Holy Mackinac! Finally, it's Austin Matthews tipping it in. Finally is right. How about 96 minutes with the Maple Leafs finally solving Jonas Corposalo here in Game 2. The Maple Leafs bouncing back, but certainly concerned for Jake Muzzin, the main priority right now in Leafsland. Hello and welcome to Leafs Nation postgame along the Sportsnet Radio Network. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic, where you can follow along on Twitter. Many thanks to Sam McKee and Andrew Holland for their hard work behind the scenes. So certainly on the ice, that's the story. Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Morgan Riley providing the offense. Freddie Anderson, the 20-save shutout. Toronto blanking Columbus 3-0 in Game 2 to tie the series at 1, but no doubt Gord following this game. Uh, prayers for Jake Muzzin, who was stretchered off late in the third period. Yeah, and I'll, I'll talk about that first, just because uh, the last person I remember getting... Um, taken off on a stretcher was Eric Halla who had a really bad yeah. leg injury with the Vegas Golden Knights a couple of years ago and uh, you and I are not um, uh, doctors or anything close to it we, we'd like to think there's positives that he seemed to be moving his extremities and everything like that but it's certainly with just over a minute left really put a pall over the whole game and I, I know both uh, both teams were banging their six there there's no crowd there it seemed weird there was an eerie, eerie, eerie yeah. void yeah. that way but um yeah, we we hope, um, like you said, uh, our, our thoughts and prayers, and uh, that's never something you like to see. He played a great game like all the Toronto Maple Leafs did. I mean, up till that injury, what Sheldon Keefe and the Toronto Maple Leafs talked about, um, they could not have played a more perfect game number two in so many ways in coming back to even the series, Nick, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. You're really right, though. It was a very sobering moment because I think watching this game, uh, I was so pleased uh, with the effort of the Maple Leafs in this game, just the resilience they showed, the dexterity. Um, And Jake Muzzin was actually a guy I was going to zone in on regardless of that um, here in the postgame show, just more so because I thought his leadership was paramount in this one. Uh, You can tell this guy has been through some important games, and the other guy was another former teammate of him and a former Los Angeles King in Kyle Clifford Gord, who I think set the tone for this hockey game with this hit on Dean Kukin early in the first period. The Maple Leafs were dominant in this game, weren't they? Yeah, and those are the two of the very few guys that have Stanley Cup rings, maybe the only guys that have Stanley Cup rings on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And and uh, that that hit, and it was a borderline charge, but it was yeah. it was a, it was a, <laughs> it was called a clean hit. It, even that would have been a good penalty to take, I'll tell you. And uh, that really set the tone. And and the other thing is. And again, like like um, you know, with with J- with uh, Jake Muzzin, it was there was an element of an innocent looking play. How all the, all that yeah. happened at the end, but before the way the game started, Mitch Marner right away, uh, you know, he had a he had a whack of shots on goal tonight, like five or six. Like he started, they started firing the puck on goal. They set a tempo that that was they're going to do, and also the fourth line, which was non-existent. Uh, I mean, Sheldon Keefe just didn't think he could play them last game. 
I mean, it's hard to believe Clifford played under eight minutes, but I know. He, he was noticeable every time. And I got to say, Pierre Engvall as well, you know, he was put in as a different flavor than Fred, than Freddie Goche. I liked it because he had his speed and he seemed to have more of a presence. But, man, oh, man, just as a, as a, as a team, like they put on a clinic. And Jonas Corposala was trying to do the best Yaroslav Halak impersonation of 10 years oh. ago. You know, and, and the great part, Nick, for the Leafs was they didn't get frustrated. They didn't lose their patience as far as that went. You're right, and we'll talk about that coming up just to alert everybody. We're hoping to hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe later on. Some of the players, hopefully Austin Matthews and or John Tavares, Freddie Anderson would be great to hear from him as well. And uh, we're hoping to be joined by Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca and Hockey Night in Canada. Again, you're listening to Leafs Nation postgame. Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick. The Maple Leafs bouncing back here in game two of their play-in series against the Columbus Blue Jackets. 3-0 the final uh, and that was exactly my observation as well. Just the dominance in this hockey game, Gord, out shooting them 39 to 20. And I guess that's why the cliche was made everything but the kitchen sink. But there wasn't a moment in this game where I didn't feel the Maple Leafs were winning it. Uh, dissimilar, I would say, to the other night, Gord, where you, you had your reasons for concern. But, Gord, we talked about it on the roundtable and writer's block going into this game. The big boys had to be the big boys. And while Mitch Marner's still dealing with the case of the yips this time of year, it's tough to see. Um, Matthews and Tavares were outstanding in this hockey game, Gord. Oh, yeah, John Tavares. Boy, oh, boy, oh. eight shots on goal. Like, he was outstanding. And it, it was uh, it was appropriate he got the goal because give Corpus Allo credit. That was the guy that was getting just – he was shaking his head. He was being bewildered at the great scoring yeah. chances. He wasn't putting in. And, you know, Mitch Marner, it was more two years ago that series against Boston. I think he led the team in scoring. So he's been there before. So it's weird about if it's the yips or whatever it is, like, you know, from that early – presence that I talked about after that you know maybe Mitch is a guy also that plays off the crowd quite a bit because Mitch is a crowd mm, favorite yeah. and maybe that is part of it but after that yeah I thought uh, again we're not gonna let's let's talk about the positives but yeah the yeah. other guys came up big but Mitch didn't have his vintage Mitch Marner quite game but Austin Matthews did John Tavares cool. did William Nylander picked it up a notch and uh, Morgan Riley, like playing about 25 minutes, like he's kind of doing quid pro quo with Seth Jones. <laughs> like you get your, yeah. you know, you, your, your stud defenseman, you need more. The, the defense get more extra ice time than forwards generally do in the playoffs. And uh, you need that stud guy to be able to do it. And Morgan Riley's obviously healthy, he, he, you know, which he hasn't been all, re- all the regular season. And he's a guy that's really, I've been impressed the two games. Yeah, myself included, and uh, a special congratulations as well to Sheldon Keefe, the head coach, for his first postseason win as an NHL head coach. And, Gord, I I love this time of year and this time of year being playoff season in the NHL world for adjustments and game-by-game adjustments. And we saw, I don't even want to call it a subtle one, but lineup juggling in the top six. And we saw, um, you know, Marner go back with with Matthews on a line and also 88 and 91 together and Willie Nylander, who I thought still struggled in this game, but... Um, clearly a little change got, got both guys going who they were looking for. I mean, Marner had some chances in this game, uh, but it seemed to ignite the offense a tad. So, uh, you know, a lot of credit, I think, to Sheldon Keefe because it's, it's just the small changes, the small tinkers that you make uh, in, in this day and age that could put you over. Yeah, and word is Igor Shesterkin, even though he looked like he's the last guy that could play goal, is going to play for the New York Rangers tonight. Yeah. So, you know, on top of that, you know, th- th- this part, this Nick to me is part of having to read a very different scenario, having to read basically a preseason, which is really right into the thick of things in NHL playoff hockey. So normally, I don't think you need to make that kind of adjustment, especially if it's the best four to seven. In this case, it's the best three to five. So, you know, good on Sheldon Keefe. He recognized that... Uh, 
Leafs didn't score, you know, last game and thought that, you know, even even cosmetically uh, or, or optically to the team, you're looking at, okay, the coach is trying doing something to try to help us get some goals because we have to get some goals. And uh, I'm okay with that. I wasn't expecting it. You mentioned it when we were on with Jeff Blair and Richard Deitch earlier about that, that in the pregame warm-up. So uh, a little bit of tweak that way. But, man, the guy that, uh, like, like we said earlier, John Tavares was just the guy. Not that he wants to shed Mitch Marder, but he, yeah. just he was the guy that was all world tonight. Oh, he was an absolute monster. And again, that scored Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga here in Leafs Nation postgame. The Maple Leafs drawing even in their best of five play in series matchup with Columbus. A 3 nothing victory. And uh, it's pretty crazy how the narrative can change quickly. Again, Jonas Corposalo will continue to get the accolades. He was tremendous. And there was a distinct feeling halfway through this game. You wondered if he would ever surrender another goal. In fact, it took 96 minutes on a brilliant vintage-esque play, classic play by Austin Matthews. We've seen this uh, half-tip. Uh, plenty, a hand, more than a handful of times, and a great pass by Zach Hyman, who clearly he has a lot of chemistry with. But the narrative flipping, uh, Frederick Anderson seems to have Columbus's number now, doesn't he? I, I think he showed a lot of poise. I, I, these are tough games for goalies when you're not overly tested. He only faced 20 shots and got the shutout in this one. And uh, next thing you know, he's only surrendered one goal in two games, Gordo. Yeah, you know, a great point by you, Nick, because it's still being Jonas, Jonas, Jonas Corposalo is still a storyline, and Freddie's going, hey, I've given up one goal. Like you say, I've given up one goal in 120 minutes and stopped some great chances along the way. So, you know, you're right about that. He talks about the Cam Atkinson goal. It was not a soft goal. It's one he wants back. But anyway, that's... Um, that's revisionist history. Again, the old story, if you only score one goal, you're not going to win a lot of games. But, you know, uh, what I like is as well, I'm c- comparing Corpus Allo, say, to Carey Price. And yesterday we saw three teams that were facing going down 0-2. And earlier today, Nashville was one another team and came back yeah. and even their series at 1-1. And we said, Nick, before, like, you know, could Austin Matthews do the Connor McDavid score in the first 20 seconds? Could it be like a team win like Winnipeg did with an injury-depleted lineup? Or are you going to wait him out with a hot goaltender like Pittsburgh did with Carey Price? They did a bit of a mix of all of those, you know? They did a mix of all of those in coming up with this win. Like, whatever it took, it was all those different components. That's where, you know, uh, the last goal's an empty netter. So let's say it's a 2 nothing game. That's about uh-huh. as dominant a 2 nothing win as you're going to get in the game of NHL hockey. You're right, and I think there's there's plenty to build off, I think, if you're the Maple Leafs. I think even more encouraging news, Mitch Marner has yet to pick up a point in this series. Um, you know, Ilya Mikheyev's yet to get going. Uh, Morgan Riley, Tyson Berry, we're, we're still waiting. I mean, the power play will get to that, too, and they're a bit of funk to start this series. But I think that's encouraging stuff for me is that you the Maple Leafs scored have that type of offense. When they start cooking, when they get that confidence, uh, you're going to be in trouble. I don't care if you have the, the prevent defense going like Columbus does. So I'm hoping Toronto can take this confidence into Game 3, which, by the way, is slated for Thursday night. Puck drop just after 8 p.m. Eastern time. And, of course, you can hear it. On um, Sportsnet 5.9, the fan in the Leafs radio network. But to to continue to pass along that momentum, and people will say, okay, uh, momentum is cliche in this day and age, but I do think it is in a series a thing, a factor, if you will. And the Maple Leafs can carry sort of that confidence they built from actually scoring a goal in this hockey game. Yeah, and, you know, and first of all, the Columbus um, style of play was not impenetrable today. Boy, you saw you Agreed. saw John Tortorella get frustrated. He really went at it with Pierre-Luc Dubois one on, once on the bench, you know, just that kind of style. Barking now, at then, him, yeah. Yeah, now then Torts had him start the next period because he knows he's got to he, he, he's got to still curry the favor of his prominent <laughs> players. But, that, but that's yes. how things broke down. And then the other part 
when you get a goaltender that goes crazy, just like a pitcher net, you know, in baseball, mm-hmm. like you're 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 really behind the eight ball. And Corpus Salo, at one point, I was starting to think, is this, is this like Patrick Waugh or Marty Berdur <laughs> winning Stanley Cups or Yaroslav Halak that one year you just alluded to? Yeah. And even for the Ottawa Senators, what Ed Belfour and Curtis Joseph did all those playoffs, like they, they might have been the sole difference in all those playoff wins or, or, or a lot of them. And it, and it was getting a little bit eerie. So now, you know, he, he that's gone. That mystique's gone. So you've taken away that Columbus has something you can't, you, you're not able to break down as a team, and you've taken away Corpusalo is just a guy that is playing out of this world right now and you're not going to beat. Gord, you you know honestly what the most encouraging thing for me watching this game was was the bite, the edge the Maple Leafs played with. Uh, am I wrong in bringing that up? Because I think there was even a shift where Austin Matthews laid a hit. Even the Kyle Clifford factor, not to you know dwell on that too much, but the play after Kyle Clifford lit up Dean Kukin, who did return in this game, and that was great to see from a health perspective. But the play after Seth Jones looked over his shoulder and saw Clifford going and cough at the puck led to a scoring chance also led to a penalty so in the community that you talk about hey analytics versus just eye test and playing a physical brand of style um, these are all contributing factors and I think specifically a guy like Clifford um, if you see a guy like that hit I think it 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 shares the wealth throughout the lineup and you know it's it really gets the team going and that's what I felt um, that's why I thought that play was massive from Clifford's perspective is I think it really ignited the bench and I thought Toronto played with that edge we haven't seen them play before and again uh, you know it's cool to see them give Columbus sort of a dose of their own medicine they play with a lot of bite in this game well they really did and that's the whole thing about the playoffs is because you're playing the same team um, for whatever number of games that whatever you do extracts a toll on the opposition now during the regular season you have a mammoth hit against the Dallas Stars one night. Well, that's great, but Dallas flies to play Nashville. You go on to Montreal, you're feeling the aches and pains for a week or two or whatever it may be. We're here, you know, game after game, this, this question of attrition, it benefits your team. So one of, it's, one of it's physically. And the other thing, and Kevin Bieksa pointed that out on the Sportsnet coverage, was, you know, Boone Jenner made a real tough block on a shot, but it hurt. Yeah. And after a while, these these slap shots that are 15 feet away, you know, there's only so many of them, even in the John Tortorella blocking system, you can do. And this kind of thing, whether it's the, whether it's the physical physical edge the Leafs had that they didn't have in game one, or just when you start wiring shots, hopefully you get some goals. But also, they, they can't block them all. They're human, and after a while, it does take its toll on some players to start getting some aches and pains. And I'm not saying go out and hit every player every shift of the game, but I think there's a way to use your body. And I was really impressed with the Maple Leafs, I think, beat Columbus sort of at their own game. And, um, you know, to piggyback off that, I think it is contagious when you play that physical brand. And I think you see a, a, letter, a, a, a leader and a veteran like Kyle Clifford. Um, I think it was contagious, and we did see that up and down the lineup. Um, Gord, certainly another thing to monitor as we move forward in this series. Again, it's tied 1-1 after this 3-0 shutout victory for the Maple Leafs here in Game 2. This is Leafs Nation postgame here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic on Twitter, at the Gold Muzzy, at Gord Stelic. Um, is the power play uh, from both sides, quite frankly, have stunk up the joint. Over uh, 6 aside, um, it's like the Maple Leafs trying to pass the puck into the net. Well, you're even noticing, and I don't know whether teams, because now they're overcompensating for that slingshot start, but you're seeing a lot of teams, Leafs included, that that slingshot pass to get a Mitch Marner in full flight 
on the second power play, Jason Spezza in as full of flight as he can. And I say that with all due respect. You know, yeah. it's 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 not even it's not even going. It's not even starting. So um, I, I'm 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 chalking that up to uh, about the fact that this is seemingly exhibition season in some ways, even though we're getting playoff type efforts and some playoff type performances. It's a a lot of power plays have been like that, and you know mm-hmm. I know they both had a chance or two today, but really, the, well, Columbus has struggled with their power play all season by and large. Pretty but, much, yeah, yeah. But the but this these this this playoffs two games in have not been vintage power play performances. Conversely, you look at the uh, Chicago Edmonton series going into Game Three, uh, combined seven for nineteen. So much different story, but I guess you can you could say both sides have done a tremendous job. You talk about zone entries. Columbus can't even gain the zone on Toronto, but again, they had a putrid power play to begin with. I think from Toronto's perspective, I think you're totally right in bringing up the fact that Gord, it's been five months and they really haven't practiced much on the PP. But I still wonder. I have my inclination, my thoughts that. Maybe Nick Robertson could trickle on to that top power play unit and maybe you make a quick change more so, as you mentioned. It's a five-game series, Gordon, and these next couple games that you can't even say, it goes without saying, important hockey. I mean, it's a, it's the best two out of three now. Boy, Nick Robertson, Kerfoot oh. was ticked was ticked at him, but I don't mind it. I don't know. He's he's come from a shirt a shoot first junior team. I love to it, a, man. To a Leaf team that maybe overhandles the puck too much, and when he fired three shots the one time, but again, he did it in the exhibition game. You got to watch those offensive zone penalties. Meanwhile, man, just Jason Spezza. I thought that was a chintzy ticky tack call, uh, but as a fourth line guy, you're out there, and then in the waning moments to get a. A penalty like that. But yeah, I, I, I've liked that move, you know, and again, mm-hmm. the start of it, we're not talking about him. He's not the lead. He was the lead during the practice days because it was something new. It's it's a great spice you've added to the lineup. But if you're going to win it, Nick Robertson's not going to win it. But yeah, um, maybe put him out in the power play like he's coming, you know, relatively fresh from a guy who's had all kinds of scoring success, even though it was a few months ago. And I, I, I love that he shoots the puck. All. I love it. I love it. What the heck? You know, he hasn't enough time to work with everybody. So when I get the puck, damn it, I'm going to shoot it. PP2, and he is throwing everything but the kitchen sink right now on the second power play. And another thing I noticed in this game a couple times, the Maple Leafs almost got caught because their first power play unit plays the majority of the two minutes. And there was one moment, as we know, Austin Matthews plays the back end a lot on the power play with the one defenseman. They were tired. And Columbus is a is a savvy squad, and, and they can build off stuff like that. And there was a couple odd man rushes in this game. Um, you know, it was even interesting to see early on, I think it was the first or second shift, Columbus tried to go back to the well of the way Cam Atkinson beat uh, Freddie Anderson blocker side a uh, foot off the ice. Um, the scouting is is impeccable um, in this day and age, Gord, with all the video and stuff. But I thought that was a nice little wrinkle. And again, uh, to come full circle, Freddie Anderson deserves a lot of credit. I think those are harder games to play as goalies. I think if you're to pull most netminers, they'd love to see as much rubber as possible, no? Yeah, and, and to your point, that was the first shot of the game, Riley Nash, and he, he yeah. went exa- exactly where Cam Atkinson went. And uh, so that was a big kind of first save there. And, you know, the other thing, because of the kind of team game, I thought the other the other night, and I couldn't, we really couldn't quibble. The effort was there by both sides. But I, I thought Cody Cece had some struggles. I thought Travis Dermott got beat a few times. Tonight, no. Or, excuse me, this afternoon, no. No. All yeah. six. No. Really, really very smart. 
heads up, never got any kind of trouble play on the decor. Just really good pop move, puck move. But I mean, I mean, there was the odd little one, odd man rush, but somebody would hustle back. One was John Tavares. John Tavares hustling back on a two-on-one did not get a hooking call, and I think distracted the Columbus player enough that it helped Freddie Anderson make the save. But I, I, I just thought like the decor, which is a, a decided edge for Columbus, was something depth-wise the Maple Leafs had again on, on, a, on a night where they. Man, perfect. Perfect's a tough word to say, but they played almost a perfect game. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I totally agree with you. And again, we're giving due where it's it's due. And uh, I think the way the Maple Leafs played in this game was really impressive. And if they continue to do so, they're going to have a lot of success, not only in this series, but going forward here um, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, you know, for all the conversation about that back end uh, igniting and activating for Columbus in game one, I thought it probably cost them on the two goals that beat Jonas Corposalo in this game, and namely Zach Wierenski, who we even saw in the video um, something going on with his hand or his wrist, and I think clearly the Maple Leafs will see that. But a couple of uncharacteristic plays that the Leafs jumped on, and I think this time of year you have to jump on mistakes, so full credit for, for execution, no, Gordon? Yeah, first of all, those hand and wrist injuries are ones you, you really don't notice, first of all, and that's kind of like Patrick Laine in, in Winnipeg yeah. who's had to miss a game, and in the case of Wenski, he didn't, but you saw him getting taped up. But it's kind of like, you know, him and Seth Jones have that front-of-the-line diplomatic immunity, whatever, and for good reason. But, <laughs> he, he, yeah. but he used it once, and he screwed up everybody else on the Columbus side that led to the Tavares goal. It's, uh, you know, one, if you're going to go, that's what they all expect, and they all did it based on uh, an offensive play he's going to make, and then all of a sudden end up coughing a puck, and that led to the breakaway in that, you know, really when you started to be able to breathe easy as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, that John Tavares uh, breakaway goal but it'll be something it's the best two out of three and you're still going to have to be very wary of that from him and Seth Jones but also you saw a lot more of I really think all the Leaf D Justin Hall actually did a pretty good job that way but Morgan Riley is the best of them as far as you know trying to create some offense by the D Starting to see some uh, post-game trickle in, so we'll hit the break. Uh, still to come, we hope to connect with Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada. Hope to hear from Sheldon Keefe, the head coach of the Maple Leafs, and uh, we could as well hear from Austin Matthews and John Tavares, by far Toronto's two best players in this hockey game, outside of Freddie Anderson, who wasn't overly tested, but you always have to credit the net miners for making the stops that they're asked to do, and Anderson 20 for 20 in this game and a 3-0 victory for the Maple Leafs here in game number two to tie their play-in series matchup with Columbus 1-1. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic, where you can follow along on Twitter and you're listening to Leafs Nation postgame along the Sportsnet Radio Network. Let our trained professionals help you come down from the high of the game here on the Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Dermott unable to find it. It's played out into the center ice area. And now here is Jenner in on the left wing, dropping it back into the slot. Here's a big chance in front, and it's knocked away as it rolled off a stick. Big play there. Now Tavares with a breakaway. He's going right in a goal! Goals! Johnny Toronto makes it two to nothing! That courtesy of Joe Bowen on the Leafs Radio Network, the captain of the Maple Leafs, John Tavares, his third postseason game and ninth playoff game with the Maple Leafs, part of a 3-0 blanking of the Columbus Blue Jackets here in Game 2 of their best-of-five play-in series, all square at one now. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation postgame um, at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stelic, where you can follow along on Twitter. 
John Tavares, tremendous in this game. So was Austin Matthews. So let's put them together on a podium. Let's hear their thoughts right now. Josh Clipper with the Canadian Press. For either one of you guys, just what's it like the feeling of you know being two minutes away from from the win and then seeing a teammate go down like that and just you know the the quietness of, of the building. Um, just your thoughts on that. Uh, you know, no question seeing one of your teammates go down, especially a uh, guy like Muzz, uh, you know, the type of warrior he is. I think what he brings to our team is uh, unmeasurable. Um, obviously very tough. Uh, all signs are very positive uh, being around him and uh, nice to close it out for him, but certainly uh, tough to see, especially uh, just how much we love that guy. Next question in the media center. Uh, Terry Cochan, Toronto Sun. Austin, get your thoughts on on the goal that you scored and, and what you were feeling after, I think, Corpus Allo had stopped the first 55 shots you saw in games one and two. Yeah, obviously, I mean, uh, excitement. Uh, it's postseason, so everything, uh, it's tight out there. And uh, obviously, goals are hard to come by. So, um, you know, it was nice to get that one and uh, kind of jumpstart, uh, you know, a nice push. I thought we played pretty well in the first period and the second period, and I think we just tried to stick with it. And, uh, Jaime made a great play, and I just tried to uh, deflect the person that and just happened to go in. Next one upstairs in the media center. Rosie DeMano, Toronto Star. Question for John. Um, earlier on in the first and second period, there were periods, uh, times there when you were shaking your head during the um, power play and sort of casting your eyes to the ceiling in dis disbelief. Can you just contrast that with... Um, the celebration on your goal, and I'm, I'm not even quite sure how you got behind the defense on that breakaway. Um, yeah, I mean, he made some great saves. I thought there was a couple that, uh, you know, were deflected um, and uh, were a little bit more fortunate on his side, but he's obviously playing really well. He's a really good goalie. Um, so you want to see those go in. Uh, just try to focus on the next shift, next opportunity. And um, on the goal, they – they really were aggressive, and, and I think both D kind of jumped in. Um, and I was our last four coming back, and I kind of saw uh, the play getting broken up. So as I saw that, I kind of just anticipate that uh, um, puck might be coming the other way. So I was able to get a, a good beat on it and um, lucky enough to get that opportunity and nice to, to finish it off, especially after uh, some of the chances I had. We'll take two more in the media center. Next question. Yeah, it's Chris Johnson from Sportsnet. Austin, I'm wondering what you thought the biggest factor was for the team in being able to create so many uh, good looks in this game versus the first one. Um, I mean, I I think both games, we honestly had some pretty good looks, probably more so tonight. Um, I think uh, just upping our compete level, getting to the getting to the net, dirty areas, and just trying to get on the inside where um, you know, we can beat guys to the net. Um, so you know, I thought, uh, obviously... You know, we came out with uh, with a strong push to start the game, and um, you know, I think just the communication factor was there tonight for us, and uh, just you know, full effort throughout the lineup. Last one in the media center, then we can take a couple online. Go ahead, Mark Masters, TSN. John, what allowed you guys to do a better job generating rushes uh, chances off the rush, considering how well usually Columbus uh, does against that? Yeah, I, I think we were just quicker tonight, and that's not just necessarily the way we're moving our feet, but uh, I think just our execution, the way we moved the puck. Uh, I thought our D did a great job of just uh, handling their forecheck, which they do really well. Um, and then I think as forwards, just in sync, kind of reading, reading off each other and um, you know, doing a good job of when we had to get pucks in behind and, and uh, uh, you know, getting, getting 
you know, getting on the inside and first on those races that uh, allowed us to uh, uh, then set up the next couple of plays uh, to break them down and, and uh, create some opportunities, some more possessions. So um, obviously it was a positive uh, tonight for us and something we have to continue, especially, you know, when you expect for them to make some adjustments. But, uh, um, you know, I like the way we were just kind of in sync and connected today. We can take a couple more for Austin and John. Media, please raise your hand if you have a question. We'll go to Marty Klinkenberg from the Globe and Mail. Hi. Yeah, this one is for John. In a in a game like like this, where you know you've very much dominated, uh, and then it, but still it's late in the second and it's nothing nothing. Do, does it start to get more tense as you're playing? Um, you know, with the fear that, gosh, we've been all over them, but it's still nothing, nothing. And they're, you know, a lucky break could, uh, you know, a lucky break on their end could, you know, really hurt us. I mean, certainly, I mean, I mean, those thoughts can creep in, but I think as a team, we, you know, when we're playing like that, I think we, we have so much belief in each other. And I think the type of team we have that eventually it's going to pay off. We're going to find a way to break through and, um, don't get discouraged and kind of stick with it. We're, we're playing, we're doing the things we want to do. We're creating opportunities. So um, just, you know, sticking with it, not getting discouraged. Like I said, just kind of staying one shift at a time, uh, you know, a little cliche, but you're just kind of, you know, staying in the moment, waiting for the next opportunity and, you know, great play uh, by Matt to, to, to break the ice for us was a big goal and something, you know, he always does for us. So um, yeah, as a team, we just kind of fed off one another and, and, you know, he led the way. The infamous dual podium right there, Austin Matthews and uh, John Tavares, the captain, uh, both outstanding Gord Stelic in this hockey game, a 3 nothing win over Columbus. Well, they were in all the, they said, John Tavares' initial comments that he said there were positive signs about Jake Muzzin. Um, that was the best thing to hear. I hope that's the case. Um, on the Columbus side, John Torts said Toronto was really good. We sucked. <laughs> I <love> the, the <laughs> simpleness. Classic. And then, yeah. and then Zach Wierenski basically saying that first and you know first and foremost, our thoughts are with Jake Muzzin. The classy. hockey game's not as important as someone's health, so we're thinking of him right now. So very, very, you know, classy that way. And uh, you know, beyond what Austin Matthews and John Tavares had to say, now it's being kicked around because we this is all new, the whole COVID era. Yeah. If he leaves the bubble and goes to the hospital by simply doing that, is Jake Muzzin ineligible to play the next two games if there's a four-day or any more quarantine that's part of the protocol? And again, you know, again, 100% not sure about everything, but that's something else being kicked around. First, let's hope he's 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 good. Let's hope he, you know, by some exactly. virtue was First able to foremost, play that. Yeah. But if he does go to the hospital, there are some questions out there. Yeah, Sheldon Keefe, um, and we're, we're, we're hoping to hear from Sheldon Keefe a bit later on, saying I'm told he's responsive and all of that. We're just waiting uh, his assessment and that uh, he has been taken to hospital, has Jake Muzzin. So obviously a fluid situation. If we find anything else uh, before we go off the air, we'll let you know. But again, the Maple Leafs defeating the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-0 here in Game 2, Series all score at 1. Um, don't forget the back-to-back Game 3 and 4 starts on Thursday uh, very important third game. And of course, Columbus will be the home side in quotations for game three and four. So think about that going forward. We'll hit our final break. Other side, we'll continue to break it all down. Uh, hope to hear again from Sheldon Keith, Chris Johnson as well from Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca and Hockey Night in Canada. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet Radio Network. 
This ain't like when you're at a game and sign up for a credit card just to get the prize and then you immediately cancel the credit card. Because there's no prize when you sign up for our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. After a meal like that, you deserve a little dessert. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. It is Nick Alberga and Gord Selleck breaking down a uh, response victory here for the Maple Leafs. We talked about that buzzword after game one and the disappointment of losing that game. Well, they did respond with a 3-0 win here on this uh, day. And uh, serious, uh, honestly, the, you know, the conversation right now is about Jake Muzzin and the fluidity of that situation. And we'll bring you the very latest on that. Again, it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation postgame along the Sportsnet Radio Network at the Golden Muzzy um, at Gord Stelic again on Twitter. And, and Gord, certainly, I mean, Muzzin first and foremost uh, in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, but such a scary situation and um, a bit of a damper clearly on just a brilliant effort by the Maple Leafs. But we do look onwards as well in this series, too. Yeah, and again, to reiterate it, it seemed like mm-hmm. kind of an innocent-looking play when he went down initially, and John Tavares mentioned his extremities moving, so we hope it's positive, but any time someone gets taken off on a stretcher, it's very disconcerting, but that first 58 minutes, he was a big part of what we're talking about, mm-hmm. and you know, we talked about it before when we are on with Jeff Blair and Richard Deitch that it's kind of a statement game. Like last year, they didn't do it game six the last afternoon start in the playoffs had a one nothing lead against Boston. If it was the best three out of five, they would have won the series. And then just whatever the energy went out, they didn't have it. It was very baffling and then lost in seven as we well know. And and this time, no, this didn't happen. No, no energy went out in any of the 60 minutes this time in game two, uh, basically a must win and, and, and good on the, the Maple Leafs as a team for that kind of performance. Yeah, and I think gave Columbus a, a bit of a dose of their own medicine, the way they played in this game, the bite Toronto played with, um, the execution as well, capitalizing on some mistakes by Columbus's pinching defensemen certainly were a factor in game one, all part of a 3 uh, nothing victory here for the Maple Leafs. And uh, you're totally right. There have been moments in time through the last couple of years, this year specifically, where um, you know we haven't seen that pushback, Gordon. I think patience, uh, it is a virtue as we know, and Credit to Toronto. There were moments uh, there, at least in the second period, where you started to wonder this type of run for Jonas Corposalo, but uh, they kept with it, didn't they? Yeah, and Sheldon Keefe certainly wasn't as ticked off after game one, nor should he have been, as John Tortorella is after game two. I mean, game one, the Boo Jenners of the world and Nick Felinos were, you know, running the Leafs pretty good, playing their style. Like, they yeah. make you pay for it. And they were coughing pucks up in the offensive zone. And, you know, I don't know if, again, we go back to that Kyle Clifford hit his first shift, oh. if that's what did it. But all of a sudden, the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, not only were they beating the Columbus Blue Jackets at the Leafs game, they were kind of getting the edge in what's supposed to be the Columbus Blue Jackets game. You're right. Uh, I can't even remember the last time I saw a massive hit like that by a Maple Leaf uh, that wasn't a suspendable play, a.k.a. Nazem Kadri. So I think you're right in saying that maybe it was a bit of a charge. He did come about all the way from um, center ice to do it. but uh, From Mississauga? Got, I, yeah, he came from Clarkson. Um, no, but I got no issue with somebody trying to set a physical tone. And I mean, it wasn't like it was something egregious and dirty. He went right through Kukin. Um, and lit him up and it was again it was great to see Kukin come back in this game but uh, you you it's easy to underestimate uh, players like Jake Muzzin um, especially guys like Kyle Clifford who are used sparingly but uh, I thought 
for the short time he played in this game, especially there in the first period, really set a tone that, hey, Columbus, you're not going to give it to us tonight. We're going to bring it to you. Yeah, and to be clear, it would have been a good two-minute charging penalty to take. It would have been worth it. It was They didn't target the head. There's no question about that. But, you know, Brian Burke, who um, is on our station quite a bit, and, he, you know, he, he talks about the one time he won a Stanley Cup with Anaheim, his third and fourth line, you know, Sammy Paulson, Brad May, all these guys, right? Like, they're, they're hugely important. And he was yep. expressing, like he said, I think the fourth line's going to go on strike. They're not getting enough hmm. ice time that way. And, and so it's funny, as we try to make sure, or our assessment, that Austin Matthews gets the appropriate ice time because that's been a problem other years. And check, check, that's happened. But also, you do need to, at some point, uh, roll your fourth line, use your fourth lines for different components, but also to try to keep your team fresh. It didn't it didn't work that way that Sheldon Keith could do it on game number one, but game number two, and, and hopefully moving forward, uh, he'll be able to do that. By the way, Gord, uh, via Leafs PR on Twitter, Maple Leafs defenseman Jake Muzzin transported to hospital following an on-ice collision in the third period. As we know, he is alert and able to move all limbs, which is fantastic news, and further updates will be provided uh, once available. So that is the very, very latest uh, on Jake Muzzin. And again, our prayers and thoughts are with Jake Muzzin right now. Just a scary, scary play late in the third period. That was tough, um, and especially in a in a – in an empty building, Gord, it was very, very eerie, um, and I was curious to see the response level from both sides following something like that. But again, just you, you never plan for something like that. And again, uh, full credit to the medical staff uh, for doing a great job in, in transporting Muzzin, making sure he was all right and everything was accounted for. So uh, that is the latest on Jake Muzzin. Uh, for now, we're going to hear some more post-game. Uh, Freddie Anderson, after he was a bit of a goat, I guess you can call him in game one, he did surrender a bit of a tough one which was the game winner by Cam Atkinson, responds with a 20-save shutout, and I would say a much better game, too, for Mitch Marner. For both of you guys, we'll start with Freddie. Just uh, your thoughts on seeing Jake Muzzin go down. He's been such a, a warrior for you guys and so close to the end of the game, too. What's going through your head when you're seeing him uh, lying there in injury and being taken off in a stretcher? Yeah, it's difficult. I think uh, seeing a guy like Jake that everyone cares about, he's very well-loved in the locker room. Um being as tough as you are, it's really uh, hard to see him being being totally down and, and not move. So uh, we really, yeah, we're just thinking about him and, and making sure that uh, all the right steps are being being taken and uh, hopefully recover soon. Uh, yeah, just like Freddie said, I mean, he does a big part for this team. Penalty kill, even strength against the best players against the other team really does mean a lot to us. So, um, you know, kind of being beside him there when it, when he did go down and stayed down, um, obviously it's, it's a little worrisome and, and you see the stretch come out, you know, a lot of things run through your mind. But um, like Freddie said, we're all on his side. We're all praying for him. You know, we just want him to make sure that uh, when he does come back, he's 100%. And you know, there's a lot bigger things than hockey. Next one from the Media Center. Uh, Josh Clipperton with the Canadian Press for Freddie. Just what's, what are you thinking when you're seeing the guy at the other end stop shot after shot? It was, I think, the 55th or 56th shot that, that they finally found a way through. But what, what's your mindset when you see the other guy just you know doing that? Just keep doing what I'm doing. I think uh, what happens in their end is uh, useless to think about. I think uh, just keep doing uh, hopefully what I can do and being ready for, for when they do come. Um, they're putting a hell of a pressure on him and uh, both games, I think we've had to park a lot and uh, obviously been playing well, but I think we, uh, we did a better job today in getting in and getting getting some second chances and um, just having confidence in the guys uh, being able to score on them. We'll take two more from the media center up next. 
Jonas Siegel, The Athletic. Mitch, you were right there with Jake. When did you realize something wasn't right? Um, well, I just remember clearing the puck. I remember kind of turning over and seeing him on the ground. Um, kind of saw him get up on all fours. At this time, I think the puck just exit. Um, I was still kind of sitting beside him, and then I realized I had to join back up to the blue line and try and stop it from entering. And then they dumped it in, hit the ref. Um, at that point, he was back down, full lying down, and immediately I kind of just skated over him. I said, with like kind of just asked him if he's okay. Obviously, uh, you know, he just kind of said, just give him a second and um, you know, a couple other things that doesn't matter between us. But um, like I said, I mean, we just want to make sure all the right things are being happening to make sure he's back to 100%. And you know, he's a big part of this team and hopefully uh, he recovers quickly. And like I said, there's a lot bigger things in hockey, um, especially outside this world. And, family is definitely on a major priority and you gotta make sure you're able to still play with your kids last one in the media center mark masters tsn for mitch uh what was it like reuniting with austin and how did you feel your game grew in in today's game versus uh game one uh well yeah. for myself i think i was just a lot more competitive with the puck on the puck um a lot more dialed than i think to my battles and you know, being better consistently all over the ice but um I think uh, we worked the puck nicely around. We were using our speed, um, something that we're going to have to just keep doing and keep using our speed coming through the middle and supporting each other. But um, and the cameras kind of just kicked right back with Jaime as well, and we're making plays. We just got to find ways to get around these guys trying to block our shots. All right, there's Mitch Marner and Freddie Anderson, a dual podium. The Maple Leafs defeating Columbus 3-0 here in Game 2, Series all square at 1. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation post game for now. Let's go back to the podium. We hear now from the head coach of the Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon, I'm wondering if you could tell us if Jake was taken to hospital and if you have any update on his condition yet. Yeah, he was taken to hospital. I'm uh, told he's... He's responsive uh, in all of that and just awaiting his assessment. Next question in the media center. Hey, Sheldon, uh, Josh Klippen with Canadian Press. Uh, just wondering what the difference was today. You guys were able to generate a lot more. Um, just what was, the, what was the difference from game one? Well, you know, every game is, is going to be slightly different. It's going to have its own personality. Uh, today, I thought we, you know, we forechecked really hard right from the start of the game and uh, some loose pucks became available, gave us an extra opportunity to attack the net. Uh, so that was a really good sign for us. But our guys, uh, you know, our guys brought it to another level today from a from a competitive standpoint, and that really helped us in all regards. Next question in the media center. Hey, Sheldon Terry Koshan of the Toronto Sun. So, what was happening in the defensive zone then that uh, really negated the forecheck that Columbus had in Game One? Do you think? What were you guys doing a lot better today? Well, we, we were doing a better job up ice on their half of the ice. And then as a result, um, most of the time when it entered our half of the ice, they were, you know, they were, they were in line changes and not, not poor checking as a, as a full unit. So that makes it a lot easier for us. And that's obviously every team's goal going into a game. And today worked out for us there. We'll go back upstairs for another one. Uh, Sheldon, this is Kevin McGrann here, Toronto Star. Uh, again, about Jake Muzzin. I guess if he's gone to the hospital, he's out of the bubble and can't come back, even if he could. Um, what will you have to do without him? What, what, what will losing him mean to this team? I'm not really certain on exactly what the protocol is uh, for this situation. There are protocols 
uh, in place for these type of situations. And I'm not, uh, I'm not exactly certain what, what the details are. Our focus is and always will be just on his well-being and making sure he's okay. Last one in the media center. Mark Masters, TSN. Sheldon, what was your sense of how the group handled the – was there any frustration with the fact that Corpus Allo seemed locked in and you're getting the chances and you couldn't uh, find them back in that? How do you feel the group handled that? I think we handled it well. You know, it was on my mind, of course, uh, just making sure that we stayed with it. But I just kept monitoring our bench and monitoring our, our players' mannerisms and how they are coming back to the bench and if you see guys talking to themselves. And, and I think we were just focused focused on what we had to do on the ice and staying with it. Uh, so that was really good to see. And it was not, not unlike what happened uh, in game one in terms of us just staying with it, but obviously we were generating more today. So it was, there was a little bit more, uh, more happening in around the net that the goalie was, it was a big difference for them, but really liked how our guys just, just, you know, took a drink of water and got ready for the next shift and stayed with it and believed in what we were doing. We can take uh, another question from the media center. No more questions upstairs. We'll go to Ken Campbell from the Hockey News. Sheldon, um, Mitch, Mitch just said that on the, on the Muzzin play, when you guys asked the official what had happened, he said that he was cross-checked. Um, if that's the case, uh, do, you, like, do you wonder why they don't call that more in, in the NHL? Like, it just seems like the cross-check goes so uncalled. And that might have been a reason why something like this could have happened. I mean, I, I think the rest are out there doing their doing their best, doing their job, and, and that's I, I got to focus on doing my job, which is preparing our team and keeping us ready to go. In that moment, there it was about keeping us focused. A lot of things happen in the game, and, and it's it's our job to just play through it. Sean Farrell, next question. Sorry about that, uh, Sheldon. What has Fred's uh, play through the first two games meant to uh, meant to the team? It means a great deal. He, obviously, goaltender is very important. You're seeing it on the other side as well with Columbus. Uh, you know, he gives us belief in, in in what we're doing, and if we if we crack, that he's going to be there for us. It's two excellent games by him here now. Uh, today, you know, when we did crack and they had a little bit of a look or a little bit of a push, he was he was there, and that's just. It gives our guys even more life and energy. There you have it. Sheldon Keefe, the head coach of the Maple Leafs, following this 3-0 Game 2 victory. Um, a bit of an update there, clearly, on Jake Muzzin. But your thoughts, scored as we move forward to Game 3 on Thursday night. Well, uh, again, and uh, we'll find out more about Jake Muzzin and as far as leaving the bubble, what that impacts, if he's healthy enough, but if he's going to be able to play based on that. I, I just This was a perfect game. Good on yep. the Toronto Maple Leafs, like good on the Columbus Blue Jackets game one, good on the Toronto Maple Leafs in game number two. We got a best two out of three. We've had some real great playoff intensity. Uh, now that they've broken the seal offensively, uh, there's not the impenetrableness anymore of Jonas Corposalo. So if the Leafs play like they did today, uh, then um, at a very unusual time, then we'll be talking about a playoff round next week for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you know that—that's what we said, Nick. You know, the big guns—you got them. You got—you got more. You got bigger guns, and the big guns play like the big guns. Then you've got that edge on the Columbus Blue Jackets, and that was frustrating for John Tortorello watching his team not being able to handle the Maple Leaf big guns today.
To me, it was more so the defensive aspect and how Toronto controlled and dictated everything in this hockey game, out shooting Columbus 39 to 20. But you're right. It's just uh, one game of a five game series. So uh, as happy as they are about it, they got to park it and move on. And we move on as well to game three of this series coming up. Uh, 7.30 Leafs Nation pregame coming up on Thursday. Puck drop just after 8 o'clock, Gord. Can't wait for that one. Do you put any stock to Columbus being the home side or none at all? Um, uh, None at all. I I think it was interesting, the 4 o'clock start that maybe worked in the Maple Leafs' favor to get at it earlier, that they're, you know, it's not a regular routine. And so this kind of, I think, probably helped them rather than thinking about it four extra hours. So, um, no, no, I think game on. I think it's going to be a dandy. By the way, Game 3 will be aired at least to start on 680 News, so can't wait for that. Gord, excellent stuff. We'll talk on Thursday, okay, Gord? Sounds good. There you have it. Professional broadcaster extraordinaire Gord Stellick. Many thanks to Sam McKee, Andrew Holland, and Kyle Norris for their great hard work behind the scenes. I'm Nick Alberga, and we'll catch you Game 3 Thursday night after this crucial 3-0 victory here for the Maple Leafs. Take care, and we'll talk again on Thursday.